This is NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. NTL Now is brought to you by Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. NTL Now is also brought to you by Endless Mountains Brace and Mobility, Mansfield University, Max Driving Academy, and the Park Hotel and Brewing Company. Now let's join the host of NTL Now, here's Shane Wilbur. It's been a busy week of sports in the Northern Tier League, and the NTL Now podcast is back and ready to talk all about it here this week. Shane Wilbur, back with you, and thank you so much for tuning in, no matter what platform you are on, whether it be Google Play, whether it be Spotify, whether it be iTunes, whether it be the NTL Sports website. Regardless, thanks for tuning in, and I'm telling you, a jam-packed episode in line this week. We've got guests. We've got Chris Manning from the Northern Tier Sports report. Chris and I are going to talk about the thriller in the Commons building as the Troy Trojans top the Wellsboro Hornets in boys basketball. And of course, we're going to talk about the upcoming district rankings as well. Actually, I should say more current rankings as we will talk uh, where some of our area teams sit right now as the district playoffs are on the horizon. The District 4 Wrestling Tournament is coming up this Saturday. And of course, you know, when postseason wrestling is here, there is no one else I talk to, no one else I trust more than Mitch Rupert from the Williamsport Sun-Gazette, so Mitch will be along as well coming up a little bit later in the podcast too. But as I said, it's been a really good week of NTL sports, and of course, it all kicked off last weekend uh, with the North Sectional Tournament uh, over in Athens. I uh, want to take a moment, give a big tip of the cap to the Athens athletic staff, all the volunteers they had, and a great sectional tournament put on over there last week at uh, Athens High School. So yes, a big thanks to uh, J.B. Sullivan, Coach White, Coach Bradley, all the folks there that helped make uh, that sectional tournament run smoothly. Those guys did a fantastic job up there and uh, definitely should be commended for the great efforts. But the sectional tournament, uh, wrestling-wise, uh, congratulations going out to the Canton Warriors, the Warriors. Warriors winning the team title over at the North Sectional Tournament as they were able to capture three championships. Jersey Shore was second with three championships as well. However, the Warriors uh, got two second places and three thirds, while Jersey Shore only got three seconds and one third. So the Warriors win the team score 174 to 150 over Jersey Shore at the North Sectional Tournament. Why losing in Athens? rounded out the top four. Now, of course, as the uh, tournament went on, uh, pretty well, uh, you know, shaping out uh, about the way that uh, I thought it was going to. Uh, maybe a, a couple of surprises along the way as far as some of the championships, uh, maybe some upsets along the way. But uh, for the most part, uh, you know, this tournament pretty well shaking out uh, the way I expected. Gavin Bradley from Athens, uh, I thought for sure, would be the champion there at 113. Isaac Landis uh, showing his senior stature to uh, get the crown for Canton at 120. Uh, 26, Seth Seymour finally 
claiming his first sectional championship. Uh, he's been there three years in a row. Seymour this year able to uh, capture the 126 title in a rematch over Hunter Manahan. Manahan had pinned Seymour earlier in the year. Seymour, though, this time around comes away with the major decision. He captures the 126 title. 132, a bit of a surprise, but, uh, you know, when you consider the fact that Liam Goodrich from Jersey Shore has uh, been through a lot of battles in his career, uh, now just a junior, I mean, he's probably one of the best 13 and 11 wrestlers uh, you will have. And, uh, you know, I had the chance to talk with uh, Mitch Rupert uh, a little while ago, and, uh, you know, during that interview that uh, you'll hear coming up in just a little while, actually, uh, off the air, you know, Liam Goodrich, he's one of those underrated kids. You know, you just never know what you're going to get. And uh, in that 132 final, he brought his A game, and uh, he was able to claim the 132 final. But Bailey Ferguson for Canton comes away as the runner-up there. So uh, Ferguson on to the district tournament this week. Hayden Ward of Canton, he claims the 138 crown uh, with a major decision win over Caden Setzer of Athens uh, at the 145 bracket. Uh, Nate Higley of Sullivan County, potential uh, you know big state run coming for him this year. He's able to uh, lock down that crown at 152. Nick Woodruff of Wyalusing. Comes away with the major decision win over freshman Michael Davis for the Canton Warriors. Davis had a really good sectionals tournament. Uh, you know, he only had four matches uh, under his belt. He comes away, takes down the uh, second-seeded Chris Bathgate of Athens in the quarterfinals, then comes away with a decision of 8-1 over Cade Vaculo of Jersey Shore in the semis. So Davis uh, racks up a really nice uh, sectionals tournament tournament for him. He's now on to the district tournament coming up this week. 160, Riley Parker of Canton, a champion for the Warriors. He was their third and final champ uh, of this sectionals tournament as he comes away with a major decision win over Tyler Botter of Jersey Shore. 172 pounds, Cohen Lehman of North Penn Liberty. He's going to be an interesting discussion uh, that I have with Mitch Rupert as well coming up. Uh, Lehman, a nice job here as the sophomore comes away with the 12-5 decision to claim the 172 title. 189 pounds, probably the most shocking bracket uh, of the day for me. Uh, I, I was really high on Derek Atherton-Ely getting to this final, and unfortunately for Atherton-Ely, uh, he had some things not go his way in that 189-pound semifinal. Zach Schaefer of Wyalusing uh, did what he had to do. He went out very workmanlike. Schaefer comes away with the uh, semifinal win over Atherton-Ely. Uh, Schaefer would then uh, drop a 16 to nothing technical fall to Hayden Packer of Jersey Shore, though, in the 189 final, and uh, Atherton-Ely though he would bounce back and take third in that uh, 189 pound bracket 215 pounds probably uh, the most competitive final of all of them as Clay Watkins of Tawanda comes away with the 3-1 win over Mike Sips of Williamson uh, you know a great matchup here between the two Watkins comes away as the 3-1 winner and then of course in the 285 pound final a kid that I'm really high on heading into this district tournament this weekend Cade Sotolano of 
Williamson comes away as the sectional champion over Lee Springman of Jersey Shore. Sadalano, a 5-2 decision winner there uh, in the one or in the 285-pound final. But uh, again, as you'll hear coming up a little bit later on, as uh, I talk with Mitch Rupert, uh, Sadalano, another kid I'm very high on uh, coming into this 285-pound bracket this weekend. Uh, at the district tournament so yes definitely uh, a lot of intrigue heading into this weekend's district tournament uh, when it comes to wrestling so yes uh, uh, definitely looking forward to that and again congratulations to all of our champs and all the qualifiers who have now uh, made their way to the district tournament this weekend going to be a very tough tournament though this weekend I think for our kids in the north as you know district four as a whole this year uh, top to bottom is, you know, just as tough as I've seen it in a while, and uh, it's going to be uh, quite a lot of electricity uh, down in Williamsport this Saturday, and uh, looking forward to that. So that's a recap of this past weekend's sectional tournament for wrestling. I want to take a quick moment, hit the NTL scoreboard from some basketball earlier this week as well before we get into some interviews here a little bit uh, later on in the podcast. So quickly, I uh, want to get through some NTL basketball ball uh, stuff here too as we hit the scoreboard uh, on the boys basketball side Troy as I said wins the thriller over Wellsboro 60 to 57 coming up here in a little bit uh, I'm going to talk with Chris Manning from the Northern Tier Sports Report uh, we're going to talk about this ball game in particular as well as the district standings for some of our area teams as well uh, other boys basketball action Athens over Tawanda 63 51 while losing over Williamson 68 31 and Kansas with a nice win in District 4 play as they take down Montgomery by a score of 55. 252 in girls basketball action Tawanda bounces back from a loss to Sullivan County as they come away with a 58-39 win over Wyalusing to pretty much put them in the driver's seat for the girls title now Troy with a nice win over Williamson 49-30 and Athens tops Canton by a score of 51 to 21 and of course uh, another quick uh, boys basketball uh, score from uh, this past weekend as well I uh, want to give a quick tip of the cap to Northeast Bradford on a very thrilling and exciting buzzer beater win over Wellsboro this past weekend as they come away with the 62-60 to win over the Hornets uh, in overtime. So congratulations to Coach Bergert and the Panthers for a great win there as, uh, you know, that Panthers team keeps clawing. I'm telling you, Coach Berger somehow, someway, always finds a way to get his team playing their best when it matters the most. And right now, that team is scrambling uh, for a potential District 4 playoff berth. And uh, credit to Coach Berger for uh, coming away with a big win there with his Panther squad last weekend. Now, of course, uh, in the NTL here, uh, quickly getting into the boys' standings for the Northern Tier League. Of course, right now at the top of the NTL for the large school division, you've got the uh, Troy Trojans after their win over Wellsboro, as right now the Trojans sit with a 13-2 
uh, overall record here on the season. They are 7-1 and one in the large school division. Uh, looking at the uh, uh, other teams here, Wellsboro sitting in second. They are 10-3 and three overall, 5-2 and two in the division. 9-7 and seven is Athens, 5-3 and three overall. And North Penn Mansfield, after games completed, sits 8-5, and 4-3 and three in the division. Tawanda and Williamson rounding out the uh, tops of the large school. Down to the small school, North Penn Liberty pacing the way there. They are 9-1 and one overall, 5-0 and oh in the division. Wyalusing, who is now on a little bit of a tear here late in the season. They're 9-3 and three overall, 7-0 and oh in the division. Canton with their nice win over Montgomery the other night. They're now 7-6, and 4-3 and three in the small school. And Northeast Bradford right now sits six and seven overall. They are one and five in the small school division. But uh, for right now, though, uh, this uh, Northeast Bradford team starting to get hot at the right time, as I said. So definitely uh, looking forward uh, to talking more hoops here coming up in a little bit uh, with Chris Manning this week. On to the girls' side. Let's uh, check out the standings there in the large school. You've got Tawanda right now sitting 12-1 and overall. They are 5-0 and in the large school. 13-3 and is Athens. 5-2 uh, overall in the uh, large school. Why losing 7-4 and uh, and 5-2 and in the division. North Penn, Mansfield, Troy, and Wellsboro. Uh, round out the large school there. On the small school side, Northeast Bradford has wrapped up the small school crown. They are 10-3 and overall, 5-0 and in the small school division. And North Penn Liberty and Canton sit second and third. Williamson, Kalineski Valley, and Sare rounding out the basketball standings here in the Northern Tier League. So that's a quick wrap as well on the NTL as far as standings go for basketball. But you know what? Coming up here in just a short, we're going to recap last night's Troy-Wellsboro boys basketball game. We're going to talk District 4 basketball seedings. We're going to talk District 4 wrestling. That's all coming up. We talk basketball with Chris Manning here in just a short. Mitch Rupert will be along for some District 4 wrestling talk. Folks, stick around. The NTL Now podcast continues after these quick words from some of our sponsors on the NTL Now podcast. Growing up in a small town. It's important to get your name out there if you want to play at the next level. Circle W Sports helped me get the exposure I needed. It's really been a one-stop shop for college coaches where they can go in there and they can find information about not only one player, but the rest of our team, guys that they might not be thought they were interested in before they went to the website. So Circle W has really done that. It links highlight films, contact information, and everything that the coach would need Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. At Mansfield University, we're proud to offer affordable, life-changing education with more than 40 degree programs. From two-year degrees to bachelor's and master's programs, Mansfield University has something for everyone. Small class sizes allow students to receive a personalized, hands-on education, making the value of your degree go even further. Learn how an affordable education at Mansfield University can benefit you at mansfield.edu. Is it that night of the week where nobody feels like cooking and you just want some good food? Then you need to get a hold of the Park Hotel and Brewing Company in Canton. That's right, with a full menu of entrees, appetizers, and everything in between, you'll love the Park Hotel and Brewing Company in Canton. If you want pizza, wings, stromboli, steaks, and more, call the Park Hotel and Brewing Company. Dine in or take out. 570-673-8777. That's the Park Hotel and Brewing Company in Canton. Remember, like them on Facebook.
was the drive. Pull up two is good. 28 on the night for Ty Barrett. We are locked at 51 with 250 showing here in the fourth. Ball goes now, controlled by Keen. Keen over to Callahan, inside to Manning. Manning, turn around, two off glass is good. Liam Manning now with 18 on the night for the Hornets. And Wellsboro now 53-51. Barrett looks to go baseline, corner Williams, Aldroyd. Far side, Benoit, three in the lead, and good! And the Trojans lead by one, 58-57. And those are the sounds of the recap of last night's late fourth quarter drama in the Commons building as the Troy Trojans come away with a 60-57 win over the Wellsboro Hornets last night to take possession of the NTL Large School Division. A good crowd on hand for those in attendance. A great game overall. One of those in attendance last night. My guest at this time, Chris Manning from the Northern Tier Sports Report. Chris, uh, quite the excitement, quite the atmosphere, and uh, what a ball ball game last night in Troy yeah I think it's the best one I've seen this year and I've seen actually quite a few decent games this year so it was it was definitely a good win it was a very important win for Troy not just in the standings but just as a team confidence builder overall I know Wellsboro had lost the Northeast but they had done a good job beating Mansfield Nathan before that so I mean Wellsboro came in probably playing about as well as they played and um they took the lead there in the second quarter and didn't really yield it until the fourth quarter, but Troy was able to come back and uh, pull out the win. Now, you know, I'm curious to get your uh, take on uh, how this game transpired because, you know, as you said, Wellsboro had the lead for the majority of this game. I think their largest lead of the night was nine in the second quarter, but you just never had the feeling, I think, that Wellsboro was, you know, in complete control as that game went on. Well, Ty only had Ty Baird only had eight points in the first half, which is well below his average. So you got the sense that Ty was going to go off for Troy, and so I think Wellsboro probably felt the need that they needed to get that cushion while Ty was still trying to figure things out. And in the third quarter, he did go off. He had those back-to-back step-back threes, which was kind of the turning point in the game. So that's what I think was really where Troy took control of the game was after those back-to-back threes because then Ty was able to get to the basket. When he got to the basket, it opened up everything for uh, for them offensively. And then defensively, they just got a lot more intensity in the second half, it, it seemed like. I know Coach Steve Renzi kept telling them to really pressure the ball defensively, and I think that kind of slowed Wellsboro's offensive momentum down. Were you a little surprised last night and just the the momentum, kind of the flow of the game? It really looked like the officials were really trying to keep this game under wraps. They didn't want things getting out of control, and I think that's why we saw kind of a tight game being called all throughout the night. But credit to the officials, uh, a very consistent night, I thought, uh, on the officiating side. Yeah, that was one of the things I noticed, even though, um, Troy only shot seven uh, free throws, which was interesting, but good for Troy was they were seven for seven, and they needed all seven of them pretty much. Um, Wellsboro, I believe, was eight for 17 from the free throw line. Uh, Wellsboro did a good job of keeping Troy from driving into the paint with their defense. They, they might be the best team defensive team I've seen all year, so they did a good job there. Um, on the other end, Troy's very aggressive, so they tend to foul a little bit more. Um, 
but that aggressiveness also leads to turnovers for them. So, you know, you got to kind of take the good with the bad for them. Boy, you know, and you bring up a really good point uh, there with uh, just that free throw stat. Uh, unfortunately, I really think the tail of the tape kind of boiled down to that. Wellsboro missed way too many critical free throws down the stretch, and I really think eventually that's uh, really what kept Troy in the ball game late and eventually uh, led to the Trojans' uh, ability to be able to come away with this win last night. Yeah, free throws, it's one of those things where when you're making them, everybody seems to make them, and when you're missing them, they, they seem to miss more. You know, Wellsboro, they shot okay in the first half, and then the second, I think in the fourth quarter, they were two for eight. And that's really when you don't want to miss free throws is when you're in the fourth quarter because every miss just builds more pressure. And if you're missing your free throws, teams are more willing to foul you. You know, obviously I don't think Troy wanted to try to give them points, but it obviously didn't hurt Troy to put certain um, free throw shooters for Wellsboro on the line. And if you can do that and get the defensive rebound, that's a defensive stop. So that's that's what really helped I think Troy kind of continue to chip away was the fact that even though Wellsboro was doing a good job with Liam Manning um, scoring in the post they were able to get stops through the free throw line. Liam Manning last night for Wellsboro I thought was just absolutely fantastic. He is as polished of an interior post player as we have in this league and, and you know it really showed that uh, you know when Wellsboro wanted a clutch basket we kind of saw where the ball was going last night and credit that uh, to Coach Adams. He knew that uh, you know his big guy could pretty much get to the basket when he wanted but Manning you know I'm sure if you had a chance to uh, talk to him yourself uh, he would probably tell you you know what he probably left a couple of buckets out there that he wishes he could have back. He did. He makes it look so easy in the post. Just he just turns around, keeps the ball hot, and just hits that spot in the glass. It's very Tim Duncan esque, and that you don't see that a whole lot in the NCL. So it's all it's difficult to guard that, and it's especially difficult to guard that when he's three inches taller than you. And he's keeping the ball high, but they did. Troy did a good job in the second half of really trying to pinch him and force other Wellsboro players to make shots and it kind of worked out for Troy in the end that they were able to kind of force him to be more of a playmaker and find the open man and a couple times Wellsboro got a layup but there were times where he found the open person and they didn't make the shot so credit Troy for um, forcing other people to try to win the game for him. A 30-point night for Ty Barrett, but even when the game's on the line, you saw just exactly how great of a team player and how much of a team concept guy Ty Barrett is. He drives the lane, practically draws three Hornets to him, and then kicks it to Vinoy for the go-ahead three. And I'll tell you what, Ethan Vinoy stuck that shot last night. It, it, I asked Ethan, and he says it wasn't a drawn-up play. But it, it looked like one when um, Ty drove right and then kicked it to Williams in the corner, who then kicked it to Oldroyd on the wing, who then kicked it to Benoit at the top. And Benoit put that in. You know, it looked so pretty doing that. You have to wonder if, if you – I probably thought it was drawn up, but apparently no, it was just sort of how it happened, he said. But it, it obviously worked, um, Ty being able to use the fact that Wellsboro was so focused on him to um, get his teammates open. Are we just finally of the assumption that the only way uh, Ty Barrett is going to be slowed down this year is if he just has an off night? I think so, probably, even though he hasn't really had an off night yet. So you kind of have to define what an off night is for him. I know 
Athens has held them under 20 a couple times, which I kind of wished I had off nights where I was held just under 20. But I do think it will be interesting once they get down to district play how teams outside the NTL guard him. I know he had a really good game against Williamsport, so it's obvious that he can score against teams outside the NTL. Just wondering how those teams are going to approach the game. Now, of course, uh, as you said, you know, the uh, the district tournament right around the corner, uh, seedings and stuff have to be in in uh, just over a week's time. Troy, of course, will have a, another crack at Wellsboro as uh, they will have to go over to Hornet Country, uh, I believe, late next week. But uh, the Trojans right now sitting very well. They're 12-2 and two on the year. They're currently sitting uh, top three in the District 4 rankings. Obviously, uh, you know, a game with Loyal Sock they were supposed to have has been uh, banged. I doubt they'll make that one up. Central Columbia kind of sandwiched right in between them. Now, one thing, Chris, I am uh, kind of unaware of this year with just how districts are expected to shape up because, you know, with COVID and everything, I'm quite unsure how they're planning on doing this for districts, so maybe you can uh, lay some uh, light on this. Now, how is district setting up this year? Are they going uh, power rankings, uh, you know, top eight? How is this uh, shaping out this year for districts? Um, they're going to use the ratings like they did last year, but I think they're taking top eight regardless. I know in the past, if you were outside the top eight but were 500 or better, you got in but I think they're going to take just top eight this year. And I know it's going to be tough for a team like um, Mansfield over there, who I think is right around that eight, nine bubble for boys, who looks like they might end up above 500 either way. And then I believe higher seed is going to host up until the championship games. And then I believe the championship games are going to be at Williamsport. Since Williamsport will be open with how wrestling postseason wrestling is shaken out this year. Um, I think they'll be on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday will be the title games for boys and girls at Williamsport. But obviously that can change, not just with COVID, but also as we've seen the past few weeks, if it uh, decides to snow a little bit or get some ice, anything's possible. And I, and I think uh, they'll be flexible in trying to make sure we get these uh, postseason tournaments in. So as it goes right now uh, in the basketball uh, kind of brackets, obviously uh, looking at the standings, uh, for boys on the 1A side, looks like North Penn Liberty sitting pretty good in the 2 spot. Uh, you know, even though we don't cover them, uh, obviously we kind of consider them part of our little realm here. Sullivan County boys right now sitting third in the class at A. In the AA right now, Wyloosing, who's uh, kind of turned things on as of late. They sit 1, Canton sits 3, Northeast Bradford 4, and even the Sare boys who are, uh, you know, quietly, you know, one of those kind of undercard teams that, you know, haven't really had the record yet but still I, I still think they're one of those kind of quiet teams that you're not going to be able to take lightly and uh, they could be kind of one of those surprises I guess yeah the double a bracket for boys is one that might have a few shockers in there you know with Sarah being lower Sarah last year made it all the way to the state tournament taking third um they were actually leading Bloomsburg last year's district champion at the half at Bloomsburg last year so we know Sarah what they're capable of if they can sort of figure out their problems. Um, Why Loosing's won seven in a row, so obviously they're kind of hitting their peak as, as they bring in new players and kind of get things going. Um, Canton's been just sort of plugging along. They've done what they've had to to um, stay in that top three spot. And Northeast is a dangerous team, as we just saw, with them beating Wellsboro with Nick Beers and a lot of those younger players. And obviously Lucas Crown has played in a lot of big games in his career. 
So Northeast is, is another dangerous team that I think um, has a potential. You know, they, they could lose their first game of districts or they, or they could make it to the finals and potentially win. So that double-A bracket's looking really exciting. I know A is probably everyone's looking up at um, St. John Newman like they usually are, but North Penn Liberty, they got experience last year. So I think North Penn Liberty has a probably feels like this is their year in districts to do something, and obviously Sullivan County, year in and year out, Glen Vaughn is one of the best, most consistent programs in the district. So you can never count them out of anything. AAA, if the tournament started this week, Troy would be the three seed, Wellsboro the six, North Penn Mansfield, as you said right now. They've climbed their way into the top eight. They sit right now in the seventh spot. And now down to the 4A side of things, Athens sitting in the sixth spot at uh, eight and seven right now uh, via the power rankings as far as uh, the district standings go there. All right, let's flip things over to the girls' side quick because, uh, you know, that uh, girls' side uh, really starting to unfold here as you look at the, uh, let's see here, the Class A side of things. Looks like uh, North Penn Liberty, the uh, lone girls team in there. Obviously, the Sullivan County girls right now sitting two on the double-A side for the girls. Looks like Wyalusing has themselves set in at the five spot right now as they're in the uh, middle of the pack there. North Penn Mansfield, uh, maybe an outside shot to maybe sneak in on that eighth seed. But uh, I think uh, the focus there in uh, girls' side, and, you know, it's interesting, Coach Gentile last week from Tawanda talked about it. Girls AAA may be, uh, if not uh, the toughest, definitely one of the toughest brackets in District 4 basketball as a whole. And right now you see uh, the best of the northern tier right now, Tawanda. They're the uh, three seed in the rankings this week, just behind Loyal Sock and uh, a very tough Bloomsburg team as well. Yeah, Triple A for girls is going to be tough, especially at the top. Bloomsburg's just been a monster this year. I think their only loss has been a, like a two-point loss to Mount Carmel, and like any other game has been not very close. Loyal Stock, you know, is always the class of in boys and girls for basketball in 3A. And in Tawanda, you know, if, if Tawanda shoots like they can shoot, they're pretty much in at any game with their athletes in uh, Paige, Manchester, and Portia Bennett. It's just a matter of um, them being able to make their shots and execute their offense to get their shots because they, they have a very veteran group who's uh, played pretty well the past couple years, and, and I think they're confident enough to go in there and, and not really be afraid of playing a Bloomsburg or a Loyal Stock. And then, of course, down to the 4A standings right now, Athens sitting in the two spot. Uh, behind Lewisburg uh, in the Class uh, 4A rankings there. So overall, you know, the uh, Northern Tier League very well represented here in the district basketball rankings. Of course, as I said, rankings and seedings and everything should be out uh, late next weekend. I think next Saturday is when all submissions have to be for records and such. So, uh, Chris, I think we're looking at uh, a very uh, interesting uh, last stretch here. I know teams are probably going to be uh, struggling and battling, trying to see if they can get maybe those last-minute makeup games in and everything else because, you know, down the stretch here, every game is going to be crucial. It is. And, and on the boys' side, you still have the league to, to be determined. You know, Troy has TV Saturday and the next week. I believe they have. It goes Tawanda, North Penn Liberty on Tuesday, and then Wellsboro on Thursday. So they have to get through that before they can even consider districts. And I know in um, boys' Division Two, 
North Penn Liberty and Wyalusing haven't played each other yet, and Wyalusing's two games back in the loss column. So you always have to wonder how that's going to shake out or if they're even going to be able to find base to finish out the season. Um, they, they can, after their, technically their season's over, they can go back and play each other to finish up missed games in the regular season. But I, I don't know if I'm sure they have really high goals this year in districts and making states. So I don't, well, that'll be interesting to see if they're able to do that. But yeah, and the boys for, uh, the league title, it's, it's still wide open on both divisions. Going to be a fun home stretch here for this NTL basketball season, that's for sure. Looking forward to the completion of that. The district playoffs around the corner. Even more uh, grateful that uh, I have good media folks who are uh, willing to jump on, talk basketball, and uh, none better here than Chris Manning from the Northern Tier Sports Report. You can check out Chris's work online, ntsportsreport.com. And as always, Chris, thanks again for uh, taking some time. And uh, we'll definitely see you probably, uh, what, down the road this weekend in uh, Williamsport for some district wrestling? Yeah, I'll be down there for districts. And, I mean, we talk a lot about hoops, but there's a lot of exciting things happening in wrestling on Saturday too. So it's a fun time to uh, have sports, and I'm kind of glad we're – glad to be able to get this in all right sounds like a good time chris i'll see you saturday in williamsport uh, have yourselves a good evening and uh, we'll catch up down the road my friend all right see you later shane that's Chris Manning, ladies and gentlemen, from the Northern Tier Sports Report. Okay, NTL sports fans, get ready. Coming up in just a short, it's time to talk some District 4 wrestling. I'll do that with Mitch Rupert from the Williamsport Sun-Gazette. That comes your way next right here on the NTL Now podcast. Endless Mountain Brace Mobility in Troy is a proud supporter of our area athletes in the Northern Tier League. Parents, don't just trust anyone if the athlete in your family is injured. Let the experts at Endless Mountain's Brace and Mobility be there to help make the recovery process as easy as possible. Call them today for more information on how they can help at 570-297-2993. That's 570-297-2993. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5, and closed Saturday and Sunday. That's Endless Mountain Brace and Mobility in Troy. You've got the newly permitted teenage driver in the family, but the patience to teach them just isn't there. That's why you call Max Driving Academy in Canton. Max Driving Academy will make sure your teenage driver is ready to be the safest driver on the road. That's Max Driving Academy. Call Tim McIninch today, 570-404-7815. Or for more information, visit maxdrivingacademy.com or like Max Driving Academy on Facebook. That's Max Driving Academy, Canton. Time to talk some wrestling here on the NTL Now podcast this week. We've got the District 4 tournament on the horizon this coming Saturday at the Magic Dome in Williamsport. As always, when it comes to postseason wrestling, there's no mind that I trust more or enjoy bantering more than Mitch Rupert from the Williamsport Sun-Gazette. Mitch, always glad to uh, catch up with you come the wrestling postseason, my friend. Shane, glad to be here, man. I just, I just, I'm jealous of your good radio voice. I wish I had one myself. Well, you know, there's lots of things that uh, I'm jealous of when it comes to you. I mean, I wish I had uh, more of baseball knowledge. I wish I had the ability to write stories a lot better than uh, I do, which, you know, I've never been required to, but I definitely admire that talent you have. So, I mean, we, we kind of, uh, you know, we, we go tit for tat here, you know, like you can do things better. I can do things better. We just call it a wash. 
Hey, the, the one thing I know is we both have a face for radio, so that that's that's what's perfect. That's right. Just mine's a little prettier, that's all. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> all right, so we've got the District 4 tournament coming up here this weekend. Obviously, the sectional tournament's completed. Uh, you know, I'm just curious to get uh, out of the gate here. What are some storylines you have kind of circling in your mind when it comes to this district tournament this weekend? Um. Well, the, the big thing is just kind of like the individual matchups that, that I most want to see, you know, like the, um, the 126 weight class is I think going to be the most exciting. That's probably the most star studded field there. I think 132 is sneaky good. Um, but as I was sitting down and thinking about this the other day, I think the best potential final might be at 189 with Kale Krebs from Montoursville and, and West Barnes from Southern Columbia. And I think there's a really good chance. Those are the number one and three kids in the state. I think there's a really good chance you're going to see them in the finals over the next four weeks, districts, regionals, super regionals, and states too. I think they're both that good that, that we might see that. So I've been thinking about that 189 matchup uh, a whole lot. But um, this this really is – like the, the top-level talent this year in District 4 is as good uh, as, I, as I ever remember it. And I think there's a, a chance to get – a good handful of state champions um, out of District 4 this year. Can I go selfishly uh, with my Northern Tier bias here and uh, see your 189 final and potentially raise you 113 with the possibility of Bradley and Gardner? So, yeah, that's a, that's another one that I've looked at, too. Uh, I'm a, I think I've said it on here before. I am as big a Gavin Bradley fan. Uh, as there is in the district, if not the state. I mean, this guy is just instant energy. Uh, he, he just six minutes nonstop, seven minutes, eight minutes if he has to nonstop. I love his energy. And, and I think it'll be as good a season as, as Bobby Gardner has had at South Williamsport. And these are two undefeated kids. This will probably be the best test that each one has seen. And I think what's going to make it a lot of fun is how much both of them want to wrestle on their feet and how good both of them are on their feet. I wrote in one of my notebooks, I think it was in today's paper, about how Bobby Gardner wants to wrestle on his feet as much as he can because that's where he feels so comfortable. So that matchup there, I think, is going to be a lot of fun just because beyond the scoring on their feet, the scrambles to prevent scoring or to get points are going to should be a lot of fun to watch. Another storyline that's kind of piqued my interest uh, coming into this weekend is, uh, you know, we didn't talk about it uh, yet, but uh, the 138 bracket kind of has my attention a little bit. You've got returning state qualifier Hayden Ward at the top of the bracket, but uh, down there as the two seed, potentially the district's most exciting freshman this year in Connor Hare of Montgomery. Kind of, you know, give the listeners a little taste of uh, what Connor Hare brings to this bracket uh, and, you know, obviously seeing Hayden Ward how that kind of breaks down in your mind. So I, I still think Connor Harris kind of the, the class of the weight class here. I think he's currently ranked third in the state. Coming into the season, he was ranked the number three incoming freshman overall in the state by PA Power Wrestling. I wrote in my previews that he might be um, the best freshman coming in that we've seen in, in my coverage area since Gavin Hoffman. Uh, and when you're putting him in that kind of, you know, that that, that kind of company, um, that says a lot about the kid. I mean, he's a, uh, let's see, a two or three-time PJW state champ. 
Um, I mean, the kid is just one at every level he's competed at, and he, he's got an edge to him. Uh, his dad is obviously the coach at Montgomery. Is one of the best coaches um, in the district in, in his first year at Montgomery. I think he's really good uh, in all positions, but he's really explosive on his feet. Uh, he's really deadly on top. Uh, and, and I think a matchup with with whether it's Ian, Ian Yoder of Southern Columbia or Hayden Ward of Canton is going to be interesting because these are guys that like to fly wide open. So they're going to try things. They're not going to try and make this a three-to-one match. Either way, you're going to see a ton of points or guys trying to score a ton of points. So that's where, where I think that could be fun, especially in a matchup with Hayden Ward. Um, you know, you, you've seen him enough. Shane to know how he likes to wrestle and uh, I don't know that their styles mesh very well but both guys want to score so you're going to get you're going to see some action does it benefit Ward being on the top of the bracket knowing that Hare and Yoder have to go through each other uh, in the semifinals yeah maybe a little bit but but I don't want to sleep on that that quarterfinal matchup with Isaac Kester and Logan Bartlett Logan Bartlett has had a, a tremendous senior season at Lewisburg, he's got a handful of big wins, you know, so that's not a guy um, that you want to sleep on and, and look past. Same way with Isaac Kester, he's probably the best kid uh, in that Central Columbia lineup, uh, either him or Troy Johnson. Um, and those are two kids that can go out and score points and make things happen. And those are two kids that have been around the block a couple times, too. So um, I think it maybe benefits him that his semifinal matchup for Hayden Ward probably isn't going to be as tough as a matchup with Air and, and Yoder. Um, but those aren't matches that you want to look past because you can get caught in a hurry if, if you look past that. You know, bumping up a bracket, we go to 145 where the potential is for a rematch of last year's uh, district and regional finals with Nate Higley of Sullivan County, Patrick Edmondson of Southern Columbia. I mean, those two put on uh, two great matches last year at both of those tournaments. I mean, we, we got to be looking forward to uh, potential repeats coming up this year, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's probably the one of the two or three uh, brackets that I've spent the most time with thinking about, you know, because you, you, you just can't forget about Kyler Crawford, who was a win away from being on the podium in Hershey last year. His dad is obviously Bobby Crawford, who was a four-time state champ at Milton. Um, Gabe Andrus has been in the state rankings all year, but I think it's going to come down to Higley and, and Edmondson, and I am an unabashed fan of Nate Higley. Um, he has done more, had more success than any wrestler in Sullivan County history. He just recently broke the school wins record. He is the only state place winner in school history, and, and I know that his eyes are set on being the first state champion in school history, and these kinds of matchups are what he's going to need because he has to be prepared for what is a loaded 145 weight class when you get to Hershey. So he's going to need these these matchups, even a, a quarterfinal matchup with Troy Bingaman who's been in the state uh, rankings all year is great for him. He's going to get these tough matches that'll get him prepared for Hershey. And regardless of who wins in the finals or not, I picked Nate Higley. I think he's that good. Um, regardless of who wins, these are matches that these guys need. You know, there's a lot of other great weight classes out there as well. I mean, we can talk about, you know, 160, how the top four in that weight class, I mean, that could be another battle potentially. I mean, you got Bassett, Lear, Ty Nixon, Riley Parker's in there as well. I mean, that's another great uh, one too. But, you know, it's the heavyweights, and I don't know why. 
But for some reason this year at 285, you know, I watched the North sectional tournament last weekend. Mitch, I told you about it earlier this week. I am just enamored with Cade Sotolano from Williamson. I mean, he's 26-1 and so far in his junior year. He was a district qualifier last year. He just looks the part of a District 4 heavyweight this year. And that was something that I don't know that he looked last year. I don't know that he looked the part uh, of a heavyweight. I can't remember where he wrestled last year. 220 last year. Yeah, and it it feels like he's just kind of grown in to this weight class this year. I think 285 is still Emmanuel Ulrich of Mifflinburg and then everybody else because this is this this is a new crop of wrestlers. Ulrich was a state qualifier as a freshman last year in that that 285 that featured Dawson Brown and and I know I'm going to forget all the names of those guys, but they were all seniors last year uh, that that dominated this this heavyweight weight class. So we're we're looking at all new guys this year. Caleb Burkhart has been really good. If you look at his three losses this year, they've come to Ulrich, Nate Schoen of Seals Grove, and Dylan Bennett of Montoursville. That's a pretty good list of guys uh, to go through. You saw Lee Springman from Jersey Shore last week. Don't sleep on this guy. I think he's sneaky good. Gunnar Tribley, a sophomore from Meadowbrook Christian, sneaky good guy too that'll catch you on their back. Alex Perez has been around, it feels like, for about 10 years now. He's been really good in that Tawanda uh, lineup, but but Kate Sonolano, I think, is kind of the X factor in here, just because most people don't know him or, or haven't seen him because of the schedule that they wrestle. But he's, I've got him in the final. I think he's good enough to get into the final. I think it'll be him and Caleb Burkhart in the semifinal in the bottom half of that bracket, and that should be a tremendous matchup. You know, I tell you, as I, I totally go through this whole. Uh, district bracket yesterday and it's it's really painful to have to go through and I admittedly I always you know when it comes down to the end of whether or not I think a guy's going to advance in like the fifth or sixth place match I always you know go on the air of caution and you know I I eliminate the NTL guy or the north guy just so I can kind of keep a realistic head with this so right now as uh, it sits going through uh, this district tournament, I've got uh, about nine area wrestlers that I'm confident will get through and about six others that uh, are on the uh, fence. So I'm at about a total of 15 I think could get through this weekend. And, you know, for those who listen to this, you know, that's not a knock on the north. It's more of a compliment to the depth, I think, of district for this year as a whole. I think the depth and, and uh, of the south and the, the central sections are probably just – a, a step above the depth of the North right now. I mean, let's be honest, it's been a down couple of years for the North, even in terms of team success. Canton's had a nice run here, but this isn't one of Canton or one of Tawanda's best teams. Uh, North Penn Liberty only has a couple kids, although I, I really like Cohen Lehman. I think that kid is really good. This probably isn't one of Troy's better teams, but they got a couple kids that I really like that are, that are um, good enough to get through. And because you're only looking at nine-man brackets here, Shane, it's going to be easier for these guys um, to get through than, than the normal grind of the 12-man brackets. But the individuals from the North, it's it's not like we're talking about bottom feeder wrestling. These kids are really, really good. I think, as you and I were kind of texting the other day, I think we saw a legit possibility for four guys from the North in the final and considering where the other guys from the central and the south are in the state rankings that's a pretty good number to get into the finals and if they can get 
double-digit guys out to the regional tournament. And if you said, like, 15, that would be a, a banner day, I think, for the north section. Yeah, you know, and, you know, we talk about, you know, some of the top guys up here in the north. I mean, I look at, uh, you know, a Riley Parker. He's stuck in a, a tough 160 bracket with some of those guys I just mentioned a little bit ago. You got Bailey Ferguson, uh, you know, at 132. And, I mean, he's in there with Warnsberger. I mean, Liam Goodrich from Jersey Shore, who beat him last week's in there. Bryce Volman from Muncie. And then, of course, you know, I, I do – one thing I do like, and I'm glad you brought up his name – Cohen Lehman from North Penn Liberty, he had a really good 172 sectional last week. I know he's on the bottom of the bracket with uh, Ethan Gush. How does a potential semifinal matchup go uh, with Lehman and Gush there? Obviously, Gush has the experience being the senior. He's a 100-match winner, but Cohen Lehman looks like he's really grown into that 172 frame this year. And, and that's the big thing right there, Shane. I was a big fan of Cohen Lehman last year coming through as a freshman and, and – uh, North Penn's former coach, Eric Peckinell, had, had talked a lot about uh, what this kid was capable of. He had a really good freshman football season. He had another good football season this year, too. And and I think he's right there in the mix. I mean, when you're talking about 172, it's Gavin Garcia and everybody else. We all know that. But you've got some pretty good guys in there. Steve Roeder from Bloomsburg is a really good guy. Ethan Gush from, from Muncie, a senior who's been to the state tournament before. You can Gabe Magerman from Danville had a really nice run. Uh, through the postseason last year, Colby Springman of Montgomery, I think is only a second or third year wrestler, but he's got 22 wins this year. I mean, it's, it's not an easy bracket, but there are winnable matches in there. And at this point, it's, it's survive in advance. It doesn't matter if you finish fifth. It doesn't matter if you finish third or first. I mean, the placing in the brackets next week is nice, but the whole point is, Get yourself to next week. Give yourself a shot to move on. And, and, and I don't see any reason why Cohen Lehman won't have a really good shot of moving on to the regional tournament next week. All right. So now comes the time where you get to tell me if I'm right or if I'm wrong. I have got my brackets in front of me. I'm just going to give you my championship final for each bracket. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. I've got, okay. Wen I got Wenzel and Burke 106. So I really like Brock Weiss, and and if he and, and Brandon Wenzel met early in the day, uh, just after weigh-ins, I'd really give Brock Weiss an opportunity to win that matchup. But late in the day, um, I think Wenzel will be really strong, especially with a one-day weigh-in. That that Weiss and Burke semifinal, which is what you should get there, should be fantastic. But I'm a big fan of Brock Weiss from Jersey Shore. Had a very good sectional tournament last week, obviously, as the uh, champion of the North. 113, Bradley Gardner, I assume we're in agreement. We are there, too, but but don't sleep on Caden Milheim, uh, a warrior run. Took his first loss last week, and that was to Bobby Gardner. He's got some really good wins this year, so that, that semifinal with uh, Gavin Bradley should be really good. 120, I've got Kolb and Mochter. I am I am a big fan of Mason Barvitsky, uh, freshman, Southern Columbia. Um, I like Caden Major from Warrior Run, who has been better than I have ever seen him this year. Uh, that kid is very good. He took his first loss in the section final last year. That Major Barvitsky semifinal should be one of the better ones of the day, but I really like Barvitsky, and he hasn't had the huge wins to kind of put people on notice, but he's got a really good resume in junior high. So I've uh, cobbled over Bar Barvitsky in the finals, but uh, won't be surprised to see Kate Major there at all. 126, I know you're going to hand me my lunch here. Bisco Gramley for the final at 126. 
Cole Bisco, Gable Strickland is the must-watch semifinal of this entire tournament. I'm a big fan of Gable Strickland, have been uh, for years. Um, Gabe Gramley at Mifflinburg is wrestling better than I have ever seen him. I think he's in the right headspace. One thing I worry about with Cole Bisco, in some of his biggest matchups this year, he struggled to score points. Now, this kid's a former state runner-up. He's really good. So that Strickland Bisco semifinal, I think, is going to be the must-watch semifinal of the entire tournament, and I do not fault you in the least bit for picking Cole Bisco there. Okay, Wernsberger Wagner for the 132 final. I'm glad you picked Caden Wagner. He had a really good tournament last week in that South section. I think he's had a, having a really good year. That was a big win for him, confidence-wise, and, and I'm in agreement with you. Okay, so I go Ward and Hare for 138 and Edmondson Higley for 45. I think we both agree there. Yes, sir. We're on the same page there. Okay. 152 final, I go Isaac Corey and Devin Deem. I'm, I'm the same way. Um, I know Nick Woodruff had a really good tournament last week. He's 14 and won this year. Um, that the, the quarterfinal with Troy Johnson – and Bryce Carl was real interesting. Bryce Carl, 32 and 0 this year, uh, but doesn't have a lot of signature wins, so I'm not quite sure where he's at. I like the fact that Devin Dean is in the room every day battling with Connor Hare. I think he's taken a next step from a guy who's been a win away from the, the state tournament every year, uh, or each of the last two years. So I got Corey and Dean in the finals as well. A very loaded 160 bracket. I go Bassett Lear for the final. Now, the question is, who are you picking, Bassett or Lear? I picked Lear. Okay, I picked Avery Bassett. This kid is a stud, and I think he is made for college wrestling. I think he's going to George Mason, which is a great get uh, for, for George Mason down there. I have Lear and Bassett in the finals as well, but I'm taking Avery Bassett. 172, it was a toss-up for me. I still took uh, the senior Ethan Gush, Gavin Garcia, Garcia as the champ. We're on, we're on the same page. Like I said earlier, it's Gavin Garcia uh, and everybody else at this point. But that, that bottom half of the bracket is really good. Jason Valadares, very energetic, very athletic, gets himself into some bad positions sometimes, but don't sleep on him. He can he can be explosive. The Gush-Lehman semifinal really sticks out to me. I really wanted to go with my homerism with the North, but I gave the edge to the senior just because he is a 100-match winner. He's been here before, so I went with Gush in the final there. 189, we're in the same boat uh, with Krebs and Barnes. Uh, Kale Krebs for the win there. Yeah, I got Kale Krebs too, um, but, but this, this matchup kind of reminds me of a couple years ago when you had Joe Clock uh, from Muncie and Colrona Benton, and they met in the finals every week, or sectionals, districts, regionals, and then states, and each of them won at least one of those matchups. I think you could see that here with Krebs and Barnes over the next couple of weeks. These guys are going to trade results, I think. 215, I go with Dylan Bennett and Zach Paust. I'm the same way. I think Zach Paust is a really good guy. He's a borderline top 10 kid in the state, but uh, like we said, about 72, this is Dylan Bennett and everybody else. Uh, 285, I took Ulrich and Sotolano. It, yeah, me too. I'm on the same wavelength there. I like Sotolano, and, and this is going to be big for him to just kind of prove himself to the rest of the district, and let's see where he really is. 
I'm telling you, it's going to be an absolutely loaded weight class. You know, I wish we could sit here and talk for hours and hours about uh, all the uh, other side stories as well going into this weekend's district tournament. But uh, I know that, uh, you know, you have some other obligations. You got a lot of other things uh, on your plate as well. You probably need to get done for the paper. So uh, we will leave that there and uh, see where we stand uh, once the regional tournament comes. But, yes, there's just so much intrigue this weekend. Uh, I think we're in for about uh, six, seven hours of really good wrestling this weekend. And, and let, let me just say this. I know the, the price seems pricey if you're going to buy the live stream uh, of this district tournament, but from the quarterfinals on, you are going to get great matches throughout this whole tournament. So be sure to watch that. Tune into Shane Shane. I know you're going to be broadcasting the finals there. Um, you know, it's, it, it's going to be worth the price of admission to watch all these matches. Always a uh, good tournament for sure. Looking forward to it this Saturday at the Magic Dome in Williamsport. District 4 Wrestling, of course, always a great read with Mitch Rupert from the Williamsport Sun-Gazette. Mitch, it's always a pleasure to have you here on the podcast, and uh, hopefully we can uh, make a little time next week, and uh, we'll get folks queued up for the regional tournament as well. I'll pencil you into my schedule. Thanks, Shane. That's Mitch Rupert from the Williamsport Sun-Gazette. Always a great time to sit down and talk high school wrestling with him. I uh, hope you enjoyed that little synopsis for the uh, District 4 Wrestling Tournament coming up. And hopefully next week we'll have the opportunity to catch up with him again for the regional tournament. Again, a big thanks to Chris Manning from the Northern Tier Sports Report for taking some time this week to talk recap of the Troy Wellsboro game and, of course, District 4 and uh, NTL standings as well for our Northern Tier teams too. Remember, you can see all their great work at ntsportsreport.com as well. This week, broadcasting-wise, well, the schedule heads towards uh, District 4 Wrestling this Saturday. I'll have live updates for you throughout the day on Wiggle 100, so be tuned in for those. District 4 Wrestling Finals and Consolation Finals action starts at 4.30 on Saturday. I'll have uh, pre-coverage starting uh, just a little after 4 on Saturday afternoon, so tune in for that on Wiggle 100. Looking forward to it uh, to coming to you from the Magic Dome this coming Saturday. Don't forget to give the NTL Now podcast a follow on Facebook as well as a follow on Instagram and of course follow us on Twitter too at NTL Now Pod. Always looking forward to having more fans along the way as well. This is Shane Wilber saying so long. Have yourselves a great rest of the week. I'll talk to you next week on the NTL Now podcast as always an exclusive production of Circle W Sports. Thanks for listening to NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. Keep following the Northern Tier League on Facebook and Twitter for more updates on the Northern Tier League. Audio from the NTL Now podcast may not be used without prior consent. Join us next week for more NTL Now, brought to you by Circle W Sports.